Welcome to the HMO Property Podcast, where we connect, educate, and inspire the UK's HMO property community. So stop what you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. What's up, HMO Nation, and welcome to another episode of the HMO Property Podcast with me, Rupert Wallace, in association with hmohub.co.uk. In this episode, we're interviewing successful HMO property investor, Terry Brunton. Terry's going to take us on his HMO property investment journey, including the ups, the downs, the highs, and the lows. Now, Terry's been investing in HMOs for only two years, but he's completed over 10 HMO refurb projects, currently housing around 36 tenants. So let's jump straight in. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing, Rupert? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Terry, before we dive into the details about HMOs, tell us about your background before you got started on your HMO journey. Okay, so um, my background is uh, originally I wasn't sure what I wanted to do as a career, so I did a bit of everything when I was growing up. I I did plumbing, I've done painting and decorating, uh, gardening, um, any type of um, work that you can do outside. I was um, I was always trying to do it. So until I was able to find something that I was interested in doing, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I tried many many things. I'm a jack of all trades, as to say. Okay. Um, so I got to an age where I was um, probably about 25 years old, and then I thought, okay, I need to become a bit more career-minded. So I did a construction course, which uh, I was in Bertram Newton for seven months, where I learned to drive machinery, uh, learned the basics of constructions, and uh, took it from there. This uh, course then enabled me to move over to the Middle East, where I was working on projects over there in construction. How many years did you do over in the Middle East, Terry? I was, I was there for five years. Okay. Um, so I went over in 2007, and um, I even was one of the people that survived the credit crunch back in 2009, continued my way through and battled against the odds, and then it got me into my next path of my career, which was um, logistics, okay. which I did for 10 years. Just just um, roll back a bit. Tell us a bit more about the Middle East, because I guess we understand how the credit crunch looked um, yes. over in the UK. But um, that's one part of the world I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know to understand what, what went on over then. What was it like? So um, I, everything was great back in 2007 when yeah. I first went over there. So um, I say Middle East, I was in Dubai to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... And what were you doing? I was working on um, construction part. Um, I was working as a health and safety and uh, logistics construction manager. Got it. On a project on the Palm Jumeirah. Nice. Great. I mean, that was a, a dream come true type thing back then. You know, there was uh, it was a great package. They gave me 
a place to live, they paid my bills, they paid, uh, they paid for my car, everything, everything was paid for, you know, and it was very exciting then. And uh, literally everything that I earned was money going in my back pocket. Brilliant. So, you know, I couldn't complain. Uh, then, you know, I was living the dream, as to say. And back in 2009, when the credit crunch hit, the whole construction market in Dubai crashed. I mean, as most people know, Dubai was built purely on investment. It was um, very hard times. I switched between several different jobs, trying to keep myself going. And uh, at a time when I was in desperate need, I was able to speak to a couple of connections. And one of those connections put me in touch with um, the director of a company called Agility, mm -hmm. where I worked there doing logistics. And they gave me an opportunity to start a new career path. Was that, was that over in Dubai, the logistics that gig? Was in, that was in Dubai, yeah. Okay. That was in Dubai. And um, that gave me a good um, opportunity there to start a new career path, where I learned how to work as a operations manager in logistics movements for exhibition goods. Okay, okay. Which is a very specialist market because um, there's probably, I would say, uh, about 200 people that in the whole of this industry that actually can specialise in this industry at all. Ah. It's a very small um, part of the market when it comes to logistics. It hmm. consists of keeping on time frames because, as you know, exhibitions will be five days, two day exhibitions. So you're talking about getting equipment as big as engines for planes, because I worked in the aerospace department and as little as um, little like giveaways, pens, notes to get from A to B. And I that was, um, yeah, that was really exciting. It was another part where I was, I was learning again in a new career and it was actually quite exciting that and everything was different. Tell me, Terry, did you enjoy your career before um, you got into property investing? Uh, I actually I really enjoyed my exhibition logistics because every day was different. You know, so I was doing shows for aerospace. I was doing shows for, um, for construction. I was doing exhibition shows for machinery. So it was, you know, even to sports and... Um, Formula One was another one that we did. Was um, wow. Formula One in the Abu Dhabi was one of the first um, car shows that I'd ever done. Wow! So you know, every show was completely different, and there was several different challenges through this part of my career. It consisted of a lot of travelling, also, and many and many 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 hours of working on site. So in exhibition was, halls, moving stuff around. Exactly. Yeah. Being the man on the ground. It sounds like a pretty good practical basis for getting into property investing. So yeah. what what um so you did five years in Dubai, you did some you you did a few years back in the UK, then you did five years in Dubai. What made you come back to the UK? Um so Dubai um really changed a lot. Um, over the years after the credit crunch. So your, your deals changed, your packages changed. So they weren't all as, as inclusive as they were before. Then expense of living became very difficult as well. Mm -hmm. 
and I also had um, my first child. Ah, good. Um, so schooling was also very, very expensive. Whereas back in 2007, that would have probably been something that would have been included in your package that your child would have been paid for to go to school. But this time after the credit crunch, then everything I had to pay for. Got it. And to tell you the truth, this is not this is it's very expensive in, uh, in Dubai. Okay, so what year did you come back from Dubai? I came back in 2014, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, because I came back into the UK for a little bit when he was born, because he was born here in the UK, mm-hmm. and then I went back again. Got it. And um, tell us, what have you been doing since 2014? So, um, 2014, I tried to, um, a little bit of a career, well, not a career change, but I came out of the exhibition industry. Mm-hmm. I worked in um, logistics, but specialising in shipping containers to Africa and the Middle East. Uh, for a company where they, here in the UK, they were able to transport heavy containers using side lifters. Got it. Which is um, something which is quite rare because normally people have their, they would load on the back of the truck with their containers. But this particular company I work for, we was able to place containers on the ground. Got it. And we could leave them there for the leisure of people to load up at their own time, their own pace, and then go back and collect. Got it, got it. And how did you get into the world of HMO property investing from from then? Well, HMO investing was um, one day I received a phone call from the missus while I was at work, and uh, she was like, um, I've seen this event in London. Can we go to it? It's um, it's an event that can show you how to get houses using none of your own money. Whose, whose event was it? Um, this one was Paul Preston. Ah, okay, good friend of mine. Yeah, so we, we, we attended his event. Brilliant. Which was um, very great. It was um, kind of hard to believe that you can do this type of thing. Um, and so we was, was really taken in by what can be done and how you can implement this into your own business. And yeah, we took it from there. We signed up, we did the three-day training course which uh, taught us the strategy and how to do what we're doing now. Fantastic. What, what, when, when was that? What year was that? So that was, um, gosh, let me think now. What year? Sorry, I need to think about that now. Um, so that's two, so three, yeah, two years ago. So okay. we're looking now, so 2017. Perfect. Okay. And was there anything holding you back getting into HMO property investing before then? Uh, yeah, there was definitely. Um, I've always had a, an interest in property investing. Mm-hmm. It was always the most thing that I guess that held me back was the fact that I always thought I had to buy property. Nice. Um, which when we did the training and went to the event, we found out different. So um, that was that was great. That was um, also quite reassuring that we could get into property through using the rent-to-rent strategy. Got it. Uh, and I guess another thing that helped me back once I knew the strategy was the fear of not being able to um, support my family, um, pay the bills, and you know every day-to-day living. So we grew our business whilst working until a point where we was able to leave our day jobs um, whilst building our portfolio fantastic 
Terry, next up, tell us about your very first HMO property deal. So our first HMO property deal was um, very soon after we done the, we went to the event actually. So as soon as after we went to the event, we were so hyped up, as you are when you go to these events. Yeah. You just, you just really want to make things go forward. So first thing we started doing was looking in adverts, was looking at Gumtree, was looking on all of the platforms that you can find property. And uh, yeah, we came up at one property in particular that looked great. And um, so we contacted the landlord and that one was through Gumtree. Um, it was hard because like I said, we only just went to the first day event. So we was kind of yeah. negotiating a deal that we didn't know the, how to do properly, but we were still trying to get it over the line. At first, they were, no, we're not interested. Um, we want to rent to a family. And um, we was like, okay, fine. So we took a step back from that. Then we've done the three-day training. And then after we did that training, we re-approached it. And this time, we re-approached it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that really, from the training, we learned how to speak to the landlord differently and how to implement what we learned into getting this deal over the line. So we was able to offer this particular landlord an extra £200 a month against the asking rent. And then we offered to refurb the house at our own cost, which obviously added value to their property. Um, once they heard that, then they, they thought, okay, this is quite a good idea. And we got the deal over the line. Nice. Okay, tell us some of the numbers, Terry. Okay, so this particular property um, originally was for £1,400 a month, which then, like I said, we offered them another £200, so that was £1,600 a month. Um, From that property, we ended up spending about £7,000 to refurb and to get it up to the standards that we wanted to make and what we still go for today. So this, this particular property profited us um, £1,200 a month. Got it. How many bedrooms in this one, Terry? Uh, this was a five-bedroom. Okay. Um, so from this from this deal, we invested, like I said, 7000 It was it was, a, it was a difficult one because Algida was pregnant at the time. I was working away, so we spent a bit of extra money than what we wanted on contractors to come in do the work. And once again, we didn't have these in place, so we was like, oh my God, what, how are we going to do this? We don't have paints and decorators. We, um, we've got two free, we've got two weeks of free rent. Yep. So we need to get this done as quick as possible. And I was about to travel over to France for four days, so that was four days out of the two weeks that we had got up. were taken up. I was driving back from London to Cambridge. I was doing painting in the evening, <laughs> going, to, going to the office the next day. And yeah, it was just, it was a massive, it was like a great adventure and it was very um, satisfied afterwards with what we'd done. Great. Yeah, no, it was was a good learning curve that one. So your first deal, you ended up with um, a five bed rent to rent HMO that profits you every month after all costs, £1,200. That's correct, yes. Mm. Not, not, Not bad, eh? Yeah, we was able to get our investment out in six months. So, yeah, we was happy with that. Great stuff. Terry, next up, tell me how has has investing in HMOs changed your life? Um, So, HMOs, how that's changed my life? Well, for for the first thing is um, 
it's basically it's took me out of my day job it's even took um Alvira out of her day job as well so we were both now full time into investing in HMOs brilliant um, sounds pretty so, life-changing that oh yes it is definitely you know um I was, I was look back two years ago and I probably wouldn't have thought that would have been the case and um so I'm able to spend more time with my children watch them grow up uh, there's things I've been able to do with Leon who's our latest child he's only one years old that I wasn't able to do with our other children I've, I have the freedom now to take my daughter to school pick her up from school brilliant you know and all the stuff that people dream about that are in their day jobs which uh, I'm missing out on got it Terry next question what's your favourite part about HMO property investing um, we love it we're passionate about it why what do you love about um, it? What do we love about it? What we, how we help landlords um, in situations to improve and their homes, uh, to increase the value of their properties, how to teach them how we can maximise an income from doing what we do. And um, also the fact that um, we're helping uh, working professionals to find a place to live at a high standard. Great. Terry, we talked about the past, but before we move on to the present and your future plans in HMO property, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking for an effortless HMO mortgage experience? If that's a yes, there's only one place to go. www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk The UK's number one specialist HMO mortgage broker. They're so specialised that they don't do anything else. HMO mortgages, HMO remortgages and HMO bridging. That's it. They have access to every HMO lender out there and even some exclusive products not available to other brokers. With lightning fast service and A1 communication, they're easily the best HMO broker in town. So to experience HMO lending made easy, go to www.thehmomortgagebroker.co.uk today. Terry, fast forwarding to the present day, tell us about your current HMO portfolio? Okay, so we have um, a portfolio of uh, 10 HMOs. Um, we're currently a tenant in around about uh, 36 tenants and we run at 100% occupancy. Fantastic. And are they all rent-to-rent -rent HMOs or have you ventured yes. into buying anything yet? Yeah, so all of these um, properties are currently on a rent-to-rent and um, we have long-term contracts with them. So... This keeps um, us in a position where we can just continue to grow with our portfolio. So it's um, it, and I guess the the investments as well that we put into are little to some in in some cases no money down. Fantastic. Okay. Um, next up, Terry, tell us about your best sing your number one best HMO investment today. Okay, so um, our best one, I'd say, is our um, six-bedroom in Trumpington. Okay. This property we um, was chasing for quite a while with a landlord. Once again, if it all goes down to negotiations, this particular landlord we would, was another landlord that we um, decided to chase in the first, very beginning of our journey, and it took her probably a year to actually give us a property, and she has several properties, this particular landlord. Uh, so with this particular property, we 
invested into that was five thousand pounds and from that one we uh clear about one thousand five hundred pounds after all costs so it's a high earner that's a really good amount of cash yeah exactly so we was able to, and that one we also negotiated uh some free time on rent as well so we was able to pull out all of our investment within less than five months wow brilliant so so that, that, you know and it was a very light refurb mm -hmm. because the house was um technically less than a year so, so yeah it was about a year just over a year old this property so it was it just needed a touch up on paintwork and uh, we just got furniture in and that was it done fantastic Terry, next up, tell us about one significant mistake that you've made in your HMO business that you think by sharing, you might help others avoid. Okay, so this one goes back to our very property, actually. So we, we negotiated quite hard with this particular landlord and um, we set everything up for them. We, we did, we put all of our, um, we put quite high investment into this property. And after 12 months, the landlord said, um, I want to take the property back. Uh, you can keep the furniture. Well, I'm quite happy to buy the furniture off you because uh, we want to keep it as an HMO. Uh, you've, you've set it up nicely for us and we now feel like to do it ourselves. So from, from that, we would say protect yourself mm -hmm. because that's something we didn't do. So make sure you're using good contracts. Uh, put in there some clauses such as for example if you are invested in the property uh, like we did we did invest £7,000 I'd uh, definitely uh, try to put a fixed term of at least two years in your contract mm -hmm. to protect yourself and uh, I mean at the end of the day we did get our investment back but we only made six months profit on that particular property got it so you just wasted time in, uh, in yeah. yeah that's that's the main thing that you've lost there yeah, it was t lost um, lost time, but I guess what we did gain from that was experience, and we also gained knowledge as well. So we now um, are more cautious on our contracts, and we're able to protect ourselves by putting in certain clauses against landlords pulling off the contracts after the short term. Got it. Terry, next up, tell us about your HMO portfolio plans for the next 12 months. So in the next 12 months, we'd like to double our rent-to-rent -rent HMO portfolio. That would be, over the next 12 months, that would probably be based on getting a house every month. Mm -hmm. And then we'd also like to start finding investors that would like to work together with us to start a business where we're purchasing HMOs because with uh, the purchasing I guess I know the money will be higher down, but uh, the outcome and the profits would be higher. Got it. Those particular. We would also like to have our own street office as well. So our name is that would be then on the street and not just a name on the internet or on our home office. Perfect. So that's what the next 12 months will be for us. And apart from building the HMO portfolio, is there anything else that you're up to in property that you'd like to share with HMO Nation? Um, so yeah, we, we help, um, or we have helped quite a few people. So I wouldn't say it's mentorship, but we, we consult people 
that um, are new into the industry that would like guidance and um, help to start out on HMOs and guide them through what they can do, what they can't do on compliance, what schemes they should be members of to ensure that they are following the system correctly and not making mistakes of um, some people that we've seen do before. So it's, you know, we've done that and that's, that's helped quite a lot of people that um, have started out fresh. So it's, uh, it's nice to know that they've got a reassurance that where they have someone that they can help, uh, that can help them. And we've also, been, we've been there step, step, um, step by step, helping them with the contracts, helping them set up, um, showing them a business model and what they can do and how to implement that into their own businesses. And um, also, I was challenged to do a new um, to run a half marathon. So that's my next thing now. I've, I've now got to start training for that. Fantastic. Um, When's that? So, um, well, we've set a date. We're looking for any um, half marathons around next year in March. Okay. So I, at the moment, I really struggle to run three k. So <laughs> maybe we should do the HMO half marathon. Exactly. The exactly. HMO half. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, now we know the market's quite tight at the moment in certain areas. What advice, Terry, would you give to any current HMO investors? That's HMO investors that are already in the market. Um, so, so I, yeah, I heard you say the word tight. Um, I've got to say, in Cambridge, the market is actually booming. We have um, we had a property that we put up on the market two days ago. And from the statistics of that, we had people taking rooms without even viewing the property. We had over 437 views on our first um, advert. Wow. So that's on day one. We um, have 13 bookings lined up to, to take two rooms today. Wow. Uh, with a possible, and there's more bookings lined up for tomorrow, but I'm, I'm sure the market's um, quite strong here in Cambridge. Okay. Uh, that those rooms will go. Um, but for for current investors, I would say what I've been seeing a lot lately is properties being neglected, being forgotten. Um, I would say to keep your standards high. Um, that's probably why one of the reasons why the market is tight because a lot of rooms are just quite standard now. Um, and that's not to all current um, HMO investors, but I am seeing quite a bit of it over the internet. Even look, when you're starting to look at rooms online and you just see how standard they set. So, you know, a, a lick of pain, um, set up your rooms nicely, decorate a couple of decorations, just modify. Got it. Yeah, that would definitely um, help your investment and to increase your income and maximize your income. Sorry. Okay. And how about any advice you'd give to people who are looking to get into HMO property for the very first time? What advice would you give them? So for anybody that's um, going to join um, become, and start to invest in HMOs, I would firstly um, say to them to focus on their reasons why they want to get into the property, um, why they um, think property is going to benefit them. So if you've got a big enough why, you will be passionate, you'll be, um, you would, you'll be striving to grow your business and make it the best it can be. So that would be one of my key things to advise um, someone starting. And also do a lot of due diligence, test your areas, look at where your um, 
where you want to invest. Make sure the demand is there because you don't want to start investing in HMOs and you've got no demand and uh, you end up getting your fingers burnt because it can be a costly um, investment. Otherwise, it would end up being a it wouldn't be an investment; it would be a liability, and that's the last thing you really want in property investment. Terry, before we sign off, we'd like you to recommend one great HMO resource or business book. Then let HMO Nation know how they can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Perfect. So um, I would say my favourite book that I read um, is Rich Dad Poor Dad. I mean, I've heard lots of investors um, that have invested in property have mentioned this book. I've I've heard it on audio. I've now bought the paperback version, so I'm rereading it again. It shows you and teaches you how to use debt to to the best of its ability. Don't see it as being in bad debt. Use Use it as being in good debt and how to turn um, your assets into assets that are working for you rather than you working through your assets and making them become liabilities. Great. So rich dad, poor dad. And how about if HMO Nation want to connect with you? How can they do that? So I have a Facebook page, which is AT Brunton's Home. I also have um, my website, which is um, atbruntonshome.com. And I can also be contacted by email and on info at Perfect. All right, we'll make sure we link up all of those uh, contact details in your dedicated show notes page on the HMO Hub we- uh, website. Terry, thanks for sharing your journey. We salute you. Let's get an HMO high five. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure, Robert, Rupert. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks, mate. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this and want more informational, educational and inspirational HMO property content, then please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. See you next time.